Good morning. How's everybody doing today? He is risen. That's right. He is risen indeed. Exactly. I love today because I love, I love saying that. He is risen. And I love the reply. He is risen indeed. What a pleasure it is for us to share Easter 2019 with you guys. I think uh, I think this is our fifth or sixth year coming to Slash X to do Easter service. And honestly, I I can't imagine going anywhere else. As long as I'm preaching the word, I, I want to be here. I want to do this on Easter because Gail and the family here at Slash X, they just make us feel so welcome. And they really, really put on a great event. I mean, the kids have Easter egg hunts all weekend. Um, Going to have some this afternoon. The food is great here. We're going to have great live music this afternoon out on the grill and uh, on the patio. And man, it's just such a great event for for families and and for off roaders. And I mean, where else can you go out and and ride to church? I mean, I know some of you guys rode out from Barstow today. It's good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. I'm excited about today. This morning we're going to sing a few songs. We're going to pray. And then we're going to open up God's word. And we're going to share. Let's just ask God to join us here today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we're grateful, God. And Father, I feel like I start my prayer with that all the time, that I'm grateful. But Lord, on this day that we celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus, I am grateful. I am grateful for the cross. I am grateful that, that you loved me enough to sacrifice your own son that you loved all of my friends and family here today enough that his blood covered us and washes away our sin. Father God, we invite your Holy Spirit here today. We invite your presence with us today. I pray for every member here, Father God, you encourage them, that you allow me, Father God, to speak your truth from your holy word, that you allow the music, Father God, to lift you and to praise you, and just know that we thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Can you guys imagine a morning just like this morning? Over 2,000 years ago, God rolled away a stone from the tomb of Jesus. That single moment in man's time gave us an opportunity to be able to connect with God in a way that we never thought possible. That the creator of heaven and hell, the universe, all of this, that he loved you and I so much that he was not going to let death or the enemy steal his children anymore. 
that through the blood of Jesus, you and I can share in his miraculous resurrection. That we would forever be able to have a relationship with the living God. There's more than just empty words and, and memorized verses. It's a daily walk with him, talking to him, longing every day to be in his presence. And today, that is what we are going to talk about. How to let the presence of God fill our lives in a new and powerful way. You know, I live near the Navy base, China Lake Naval Weapons Center in Ridgecrest. So every morning, 8 a.m., it's colors. They play the Star Spangled Banner. And every morning as they raise the flag when I'm home, I can hear that. I can hear them play colors every morning. And some days it brings tears to my eyes. I mean, I've been overseas. I've seen the price that our brave young men and women pay for you and I to be free. The sacrifice that they have made for a country that, that sometimes forgets what veterans go through. I'm saddened that we as a country have forgotten God's redemptive ways. We used to be such a great melting pot that took the good from every person. And each person added flavor to the recipe of America. Everyone had a story to tell. And we all have the ability to allow God to come into our lives and be present. I pray today that we can remember how much God loves us and forgives us. And remember that, that, oh, we're different, but we're still all the same. We're Americans. And even if you're just visiting our country, you have to admit that we got something good going here. We love. We share. We encourage. We have freedom to, to meet in the middle of the desert and have church. That's America. And I'm grateful for that. Exodus 15, 11 through 13 says, Who is like you, God? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows those against you. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. I love that. You will stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows those against you. Hallelujah. That is powerful. I'm going to talk a little bit about my growing up. Did any of you guys uh, grow up with streetlights? I mean, we got streetlights everywhere, right? But do streetlights have a special meaning to you? When I was a kid, when that light came on, you better be home. 
he better be home because that meant dinner was going to be ready. I mean, I had 10 minutes. Streetlight came on. I better be heading home. And yeah, sometimes dinner was later, you know, in the old daylight savings time. But that streetlight comes on, you better be going somewhere. It's a sign. It's telling you, oh, time to get home. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any kind of mobile device, pagers even, nothing. We had a street light. God forbid if my mom had to whistle, oh, that was going to be a rough night for me. But don't you wish that our walk with God had a street light? That when we got away from God's path in our lives, that a light came on and it was like, hey, hey, get over here. You're off track. Walk this way. <laughs> Come home. That would be awesome. <laughs> I know that seems crazy, but, but I know a lot of you have personal trainers. I mean, how do you get motivated? What motivates you to do the right thing? I mean, do you have a guru to listen to? Somebody that you think has this amazing word for your life? We'll be honest. I don't. I don't look to anyone else to direct my steps. I mean, sure, I've heard messages about God and about the Bible that, that spoke to me. My pastor sometimes, he, he gets me. I have friends like Tara Packer at the Lighthouse in Ridgecrest. She speaks life into my world. I have my wife, Ginny, who, who can look at me and get me back on track. It's like, you know the look. I know you guys know the look. You have wives. It's the look. And it's like, oh, hey, babe. <laughs> Love you. Right away. Absolutely. Or, or wives, your husband has the look. You know what I'm talking about. Lately, I've been reading a lot of good books. I, uh, I'm really kind of addicted to Francis Chan right now. He's a, he's a modern-day prophet. He's wrote some books that I just love. Uh, Crazy Love. Uh, the one that I've... I've really been touching my life and speaking to me lately is called Letters to the Church. And I can tell you, you got to read it. It's life-changing. Because it helps us realize that maybe we kind of missing the mark with church. And I love that. I love to rethink how we're having church. I mean, look where we're having church today. I love that. I love that we can go anywhere, do anything, and be in the presence of God. When you read your Bible, when I read my Bible, I want you to think of Him speaking love to you as you read his words for your life. God wants you to be successful. He has plans for you. 
But you have to read it. You have to actually read the Bible in order to know what God's plans are for our life. You know, we, we all understand rules. But my friend Ray just said to me that day, rules are one thing, but we need a playbook. I mean, football teams have this great, amazing playbook. Remember the movie Waterboy? The whole thing was about this coach stealing this other coach's playbook. But that's what the Bible is. It's our playbook. It allows God to tell us, fear not. When things don't go the way we planned, if things go wrong, don't panic. Trust in God because he says, I have your back. Joshua 1, 8 through 9 says, This law, the Bible, must not leave your lips. You must memorize it day and night so you can carefully obey all that is written in it. Then you will prosper and be successful. I repeat, be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic. For I, the Lord your God, am with you in all that you do. That's a huge promise. That's a huge motivation. And it's hearing that, reading that, and, and feeling that is how we get redeemed. It's how we have a relationship with God. You know what redemption means? It means getting back or, or recovering what was yours. Through Jesus, God is able to recover his children. He's able to recover you and I that, that may have fallen away due to sin or, or struggles in our life. And I want to make sure you understand that. I want to make sure you understand how excited God is to be able to share his heart with you. How excited he is when we come back to him or when we stay in relationship with him. It's a big deal and it's worth us talking about. Psalms 133-8 says this. It says, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins Lord who could stand but with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you I wait for the Lord my whole being waits and in this world I put my hope because I wait for the Lord more than a watchman waits for the morning Israel Slash acts. Put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. He Himself will redeem us from all of our sins. We all have bad days. All of us will suffer great loss in our life. But have you ever thought about how God feels? How it must pain him to know that 
that we allow things in this world to keep us away from Him? Because when we sin, when we fall away from God, we are away from Him. I mean, as a parent, I absolutely know what it feels like when, when one of your kids is struggling, when one of your kids is, is having a bad day. I hate it. I have a lot of my kids here today. And for that, I'm truly grateful. But I understand the pain of having a child slip away. And some of you were thinking, oh, man, but Jay, you don't know. I mean, how can I be redeemed? You have no idea what I've done. Trust me, I have some scars in my life. But scars come from living. And if you are asking God that question, how can I be redeemed? It means you are still fighting the good fight. The God and His Holy Spirit are helping you become free from the grip that this world has on us. We all have a sin nature. But we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Am I going too fast? You guys want me to pause when I give you the scripture so you can open up your, your Bibles? I'm sorry. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Giving praise to the Father who has given us a part in the heritage of the saints in light, who has made us free from the power of evil, and given us a place in the kingdom of the sons of his love. In whom we have our salvation. The forgiveness of sins. Who has made us free from the power of evil. And given us a place in the kingdom of his son. In whom we have our salvation. Amen. Some days I wake up and I feel overwhelmed that, that God is part of me. That when I accepted Christ, He paid a ransom for my soul personally. That the blood of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, and that because of that we that He gave me His Holy Spirit to be a seal for me to remember. When we accept Christ, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a huge gift that allows God to live inside of us. But I want you to be mindful that God is with you. It will help you with all aspects of your life because you truly are never alone. And when you think you're fighting those battles all by yourself, you're not. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, Or are you not conscious that your body is a house for the Holy Spirit, which is in you, 
in which has been given to you by God. And you are not the owners of yourselves. For a payment has been made for you. Let God be honored in your body. You were paid with a price. And I want you to note that it doesn't say over your body or around your body. It says in your body. God is talking about living inside of you. And you need to remember that whatever mud you drag yourself through, God is right there with you when, when you are redeemed. And while that might seem hard, it is also such a blessing to know that you are not alone. Nehemiah was this great prophet in the Old Testament. Israel had been in exile for years. And there was a small remnant left in Jerusalem. The walls had been torn down. The gates are burnt. And, and it's a mess. It, it's just a mess. Everywhere in Jerusalem is torn down, disheveled. It, it, it's a war zone. It's horrible. But Nehemiah, he starts fasting and praying. He weeps for the nation. And he mourns. He asks God to keep his covenant of love and to hear the prayer of his servant. He's asking for God to redeem Israel. He is acknowledging their sin and just flat out being honest with God. This is Nehemiah 1. That's just verse 8 through 10. It says, Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. As I was reading God's word, I had an epiphany, a vision. That as we walk with God here on earth, we are actually with Him in heaven. That when we are alive in Christ, we are present with God. Let me say that again. When you are alive with Christ, you are present with God. I know you've heard that before. But I want you right now to close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. Just humor me. Close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to imagine. Imagine that you were instantly transported to heaven. You see the throne of God. You, the beauty. You hear the voices. The voices of the angels singing, 
holy, holy, holy. And suddenly, you feel the presence of the Son. You feel the presence of Jesus. That's what we all are longing for. That is what we are all are waiting for. As Christians, we, we need to remember that heaven is being with Jesus. It's not about golden streets and riding dirt bikes with your buddies and, and all that stuff that we talk about. That's not what it's about. It's about being in the presence of the living God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7 says, But God, being full of mercy, through the great love which he had for us, even when we were dead because of our sins, gave us life together with Christ, because by grace you have salvation so that we come back from death with Him and are seated with Him in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, that in the time to come, He might make clear the full wealth of His grace and His mercy to us in Christ. We need to live like we're redeemed. We need to pray like we are right in the same room with God. Because if you're in Christ, you are. You are. If you're with Christ, you are in God's presence. The Holy Spirit is with us right now. Any emotion, any feeling, any praise, any, any adoration... It's because you feel the presence of God. That is what we are longing for. But let's not forget why we're here today. Matthew 28, 1 through 6, it says, Now after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a severe earthquake. For an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled away the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards that had been guarding the tomb were shaken and became like dead men because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you were looking for Jesus, who was crucified. But he is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. Come, come and see the place where he was laid. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. All the pain and misery that Mary and the disciples had been feeling it. It's now fading away because Mary has this hope. She has hope because of the empty tomb. And I need you to have hope because of the empty tomb. 
I mean, can you imagine the walls that, that Jesus' followers might have been building as they were faced with the possibility that, that Jesus was alive? Could you imagine the doubt that they were feeling? They thought he was the Messiah. They thought he was a conquering Messiah, that he was going to be their king here on earth. Then he died. He was crucified brutally, whipped, tormented, made to carry probably about 200 pounds of wood up the hill of Golgotha, where he was laid in, in nails. Spikes were driven into his wrists, into his hands. And into his feet. He was hung on a cross. Doubt. Fear. Persecution. It had to have all been shown on their faces. They had to have been in great sorrow. And then boom. That stone was rolled away. Haven't we all faced this in our life? Haven't we all had doubts, great tragedy, depression, sadness, because things weren't going the way as planned? And then Sunday came. Sunday's coming. I'm telling you all that Sunday is coming. Today is and is and could be your Sunday. Where the tomb being empty becomes real for you. Where the blood of Jesus absolutely washes away your sins. Maybe we still face this in days to come. But fear not. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's right hand is busy. It is busy. Hallelujah. Amen. So how do we apply this to our lives? How do we take this redemption? How do we live in a world that is, that is mean and hard? How do we do that and not put up walls to protect us? How do we not sit the tombs of misery in our own lives? We live with huge stones to protect us and shield us from that pain. But I can tell you what God truly wants from us is to roll away all the stones in our lives. He wants us to stand outside the wall, to stand outside the tombs, and for us to be a shield, for us to help the lost, to stand in the gap between good and evil, and to be a light for those who are not able to fight for themselves. We need to live like we're redeemed. 
We need to live our life like we believe there's an empty tomb. That heaven is real and that Sunday's coming. Because I can tell you the war for our souls, it's not going to be fought with weapons of mass destruction. It will be one war filled with apathy and lack of character. That's the war that's coming. That's what we have to fight against. Not caring. Not believing. Let's live like we believe. Let's choose every day to wake up and follow Jesus. It's not a one and done, guys. You don't get to just raise your hand once and say, okay, I'll, I'll take Jesus. That's not what it's about. I believe in the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ. And every day I wake up and I live it. And that's what I feel God is calling me to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a glorious day. Sunday is here, God. Sunday is here. The stone was rolled away. There's an empty tomb. And Father God, because of that empty tomb, we have life. We have life in Jesus. So, Father, for all my friends and family today, be real in their lives. Let them see the empty tomb in their hearts, Father God. Let them feel your presence. God, let us all feel your presence. And be grateful and be humble and be happy, and be joyous, and just be, just be, God. Let us just be in Christ. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory, in Jesus' name. Amen.